welcome to the Bent Bibliose podcast, where we chat with authors, book lovers, and each other about books, trends, writing, and so much more. I'm Tegan. And I'm Ashley. We are so excited to spend this time with you and to be a part of such an inclusive and incredible community. On today's episode, we will be discussing some of our favorite books with a twist. We've molded over and imagined how we think you should ideally experience these novels through the five senses. So Ash, when I originally came up with this idea, I was inspired by reading, I think it was a romance book. And at the beginning of each chapter, it had a different song. And I just thought, wouldn't it be great if you could create that location, the music, the smells and the snacks you would want to experience the book for the first time? Because usually my ambiance is reaching cats, kids asking for a snack. I don't get to pick <laughs> my surrounding. <laughs> so here we can create a perfectly curated bookish experience for our listeners. So Ashley, what is your first pick? Okay, so Twilight is my first pick. I am an unapologetic Twihard. I love this book series. I love the movies. They are my favorite. So Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. This book does not really need an explanation or introduction. I think everyone at least knows about it. It is one of my favorites. It is my comfort read. And the movies are my comfort watches. I can't even tell you and probably wouldn't want to tell you how many times I've watched the movies or read the book. But thinking about how ideally or like the perfect kind of set up for reading this book I think that on a rainy fall day like especially in September when it's kind of that back to school time with soft lighting or like a nice candle I think for the scent the candle should be forest scented and I like forest scented candles as long as they aren't too strong but there is a specific candle um, I think it's limited edition if it's not I'll link it below but from Witch City Wicks in Salem Massachusetts and that candle is called Cathedral of Evergreens and it is just perfection. I think that that pairs perfectly with this book. As far as what I would eat, I'm going to take literally a page right from the book, ravioli, a nice big plate of ravioli, and then a glass of red wine. And then I love playing the classical Twilight soundtrack. So there's a Twilight soundtrack. It's all classical music. And I play that all the time. I think Brent, my husband, is just sick of it honestly but it's perfect it's nice to play in the background while you're just doing anything but it'd be really nice to play in the background while you're reading and I just asked Google to play the classic Twilight soundtrack I don't know what it's actually called I just ask I, I finally learned how to ask Google for things Tegan <laughs> um, and then I think there's a cozy spot on the couch or in bed with lots of faux fur blankets a nod to Jacob and the werewolves yeah just that kind of cozy, ca like not cabin's the wrong word. What do you think? Foresty kind of vibe. Yeah. Like the edge of the woods. Yes. Yeah. You're kind of, yeah, you're, you're away from the busy city vibe. <laughs> yes. It's just kind of calm and mellow. You've got all the like, I love the smells of the forest and nature. Yeah. So yes. Uh, that candle sounds really, really nice. I need to use my candles. I don't. 
you know what though it's hard with it's hard with cats and pinecone my cat so pinecone's actually asthmatic so i have to be very careful about what and when i burn i can't burn candles often but i find that the witch city candles are they're scented like they've got really good scent throw but they're not perfumey if that makes sense like the scents are really nice and they have a great throw but they're not too like they don't smell fake or processed and I feel like that kind of is easier to burn I feel definitely like. but yeah you make a valid point about me having cats and kids that probably was when it really went downhill <laughs> <laughs> for candles for candles not my life <laughs> that's another episode so <laughs> what is your first uh book pick so my first book pick is The 10,000 Doors of January by Alex E. Harrow. I read it this year. It's a fantasy novel about January scholar, ward of wealthy antiquarian collector, Mr. Locke. Her father is away a lot uh, because he goes away to find rare objects for her ward because um, he has that really big collection of rare objects. But January always feels like an outsider in the scenario. So she is, feels really lonely. She's trying to learn to live within society's restrictive rules. And so there's really at the beginning of the novel, a deep sense of yearning for a sense of belonging and freedom. And then one day she finds a strange book and it all kind of gets really exciting from there. And I loved it so much because it's a love song to stories because the doorways become a metaphor for how you can go into different worlds by opening a book and it treats them like that. Like there's that journey every single time. And who doesn't love books about books? If you're a book lover, like, honestly, anybody who loves books about books, like midnight library, they probably would like I'm trying to think what else. Um, but yeah, like anybody who likes like 13 Tale would really like this book. So I think in terms of where you should be, you should be outside, similar to Twilight. Like you should be on the edge of a forest. Uh, but this one, it should be in just after sunrise, just when like there's still dew on the grass and everything's waking up and the world seems full of possibilities. And in terms of sound, I thought it would be a cop-out to say na nature sounds because you're outside. <laughs> so I was trying to think of an artist and I chose Aurora. Are you familiar with her? No, I've never, I've never heard of her. So she is a Norwegian singer-songwriter, basically a goddess. And she sounds super ethereal and she's really, really good storyteller as well. So I thought that was appropriate since it's a book about storytelling. I'll have to check that out. Oh, I love her so much. And smell would be freshly cut grass. So I don't know if they have a freshly cut grass candle, but, or slightly damp earth candle. <laughs> I doubt it. But if you're just outside, um, and maybe that smell of water just being nearby, that kind of vibe. And then in terms of what you should eat or taste, I thought mango. 
at first I couldn't figure out why that popped into my head, but the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. And I thought because Mr. Locke is a collector of rare objects and mangoes were only spread throughout the world because of colonialism, like a lot of things are. And also because January also struggles with a feeling of otherness at points throughout the book because she has coppery red skin. Then touch grass. You're going to have a tree behind your back. So you're going to feel tree bark and you have to have one of those like cheap car blankets because you're doing a picnic. So it's not like a luxurious blanket, just a car blanket, and it's going to be lumpy underneath you. But that's my that's my inspiration. And everyone should read it just like that. Minus the lumpy ground, probably. I mean, you can use a thick blanket. I mean, we're going for comfort here, right? You don't want to rock under like your thigh or something. That would be... <laughs> Oh, authentic experience. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We did say, <laughs> although this is ideal. So, okay. For this scenario, ideally you won't have a lumpy ground underneath you and it will be <laughs> soft. <laughs> so Ashley, what is your second pick? My second pick is reckless girls by Rachel Hawkins. So this novel is about a woman named Lux who, along with her boyfriend, Nico are hired to sail two women to the remote island of Moreau in the South Pacific. Once they get there, they realize they're not alone and begin building friendships with another couple who are there. The island is a very dark history of shipwrecks and murder and cannibalism, which keeps popping up in the books I'm reading. I don't know what's up with that, honestly, but it just keeps popping up. And those things add intrigue and fun like to their imaginations and their, you know, what they're doing on the island and kind of telling each other stories. Mm -hmm. But then one day a mysterious stranger shows up and things get scary and out of hand really, really fast, especially as they are completely cut off from civilization. And the story kind of takes off from there. So for, I, I was thinking about this and I mean, it's pretty obvious like a beach, right? A beach setting. This is like a deserted Island. So I think for sight, it would be bright sunshine and a beach or poolside setting like middle of summer and then for the scent sunscreen that coconutty chemically sunscreen scent and like the ocean air and the scent of margaritas like salty authentic margaritas mm. uh, i want to go there right i just i would i would like the margarita <laughs> so waves lapping at the beach and the seagulls are kind of the sounds because you wouldn't there weren't many people around them so you'd have to have a kind of exactly like a deserted island that's my kind of beach really a beach with nobody else on it I'm good for that and then for touch like the sand and the soft beach towels and what's the fabric that swimsuits are made out of like it's such a distinct fabric like I should know this um why am I not able to think of but you know what I mean though right like you know that feel of like a swimsuit like that kind of yeah spandex yes I guess yeah and then like an ice cold drink in your hand. And then as far as taste goes, already mentioned a margarita and some barbecue. I think that would be so good. Um, and I would recommend this book to anyone who likes a short, fast paced summer thriller, something you don't really have to think too hard about and that you want to bring you all of the summer vibes. It's a lot of fun. It has some really interesting twists. Uh, I would not recommend this one, though, if you do not like bad language because it's used a lot throughout the story um but it was just you know it was just a lot of fun it was a really fun light murdery summer read 
Just some light cannibalism. Right? Like, (laughs) I really, honestly, I do not. I love reading about a lot of different things. I will, I will say that cannibalism is not one of them. So I just don't know how it keeps coming up in what I'm reading. (laughs) This is going to be like a dream analysis. Let's break it down. (laughs) Oh my goodness. If I start dreaming about cannibals, I think I might have to take a bit of a vacation (laughs) from reading. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's amazing. What is your next pick? So I went back to an old favorite. I've read this book like Twilight for you. Like, I don't even know. I've lost count. So it's Mariana by Susanna Kearsley. It was published in 1994. And I know the exact bookstore where my mom bought it. And I stole it from her and just kept reading it over and over. And fun fact, she is also Canadian, the author. So I just love at the beginning, Julia Beckett's the main character and she's with her brother in the back of their parents' car and they see this house and she's like, I belong to that house and this house belongs to me. And it's a farmhouse, Grey Weathers, it's 16th century and a small Wiltshire village. And then later she stumbles across it when she's an adult, only this time she's an adult so she can buy it. (laughs) and she ends up living there and as she gets settled into the village into her new home she finds herself being transported back in time as mariana during the great plague of 1665 there are so many things to love about this book because time travel hello love time travel and reincarnation stories the settings you just want to be there like i want to be in that little village it is so cool And she's just really good at having a balance between the historical aspects of the book and the keeping the plot and the pace going. So I find it never feels too heavy, even though it's a historical novel. So where do you need to be? Well, you need to be in the British countryside, obviously, because we're going to go there one day. And, (laughs) and this is where you're going to experience this book for the first time, Ashley, you're going to go with me to the UK and this cute, apparently it's like the super, super posh area and the UK, like Google it after I was like, I need to go now. Like there's those little like stone bridges and stone houses. Yes. You have to go. Oh, so nice. So you're going to be It's going to be a foggy, misty day, so you have to be inside, and you're going to be in a library next to a fireplace. So the sound will be the fireplace, but also kind of that Celtic instrumental folk music is going to be in the background. So just instrumental, no singing. And I think it's appropriate because usually there's a pub somewhere in all of Kearsley's novels. And there certainly is one in this book. So you need to have that kind of Celtic music and you'll have a candle that smells like campfire and tobacco as I'm picturing that kind of cigar smoke vibe. And in terms of what you're going to eat and drink, I know how much you hate orange pico Ashley, but it has to be orange pico. (laughs) It's too British. It has to be. And then you'll have like a tea biscuit. So the tea will be with milk and sugar and a tea biscuit. 
and you will be feeling one of those like grandma's old knitted blanket and you'll be on a corduroy lounge chair that maybe has some old holes in it from when your grandfather almost set himself on fire while napping with his pipe. So this is the vibe I'm going for. <laughs> very aesthetic. It's very specific. <laughs> I told you I went out like I got in the zone. It was like I was being um I was trying to get into a character. Like I put the Celtic folk music on while I thought of all of this. Okay, well, I think I speak for all of our listeners when I say, where are the playlists? I will have all of these later <laughs> in the footnotes. <laughs> and um, I think anybody would like this who likes historical fiction, but with like a slightly paranormal element to it like time travel or reincarnation those are usually in her books I can't think of one where there isn't some sort of element and anybody who likes Diana Gabaldon's Outlander series would enjoy this a lot I think sounds really good yeah but you can experience it when we go traveling (laughs) so all right I'm holding you to that okay I mean it so what is your next pick So my final pick is A Lullaby for Witches by Hester Fox. So the tagline of this book reads, Two women, a history of witchcraft, and a deep-rooted female power that sings across the centuries. This novel is about two women, Margaret Harlow, a woman from 150 years ago living in New England, and current-day Augusta Poros, who just got her dream job at Harlow House, a historic house of a wealthy New England family in Tinmouth, Massachusetts. It is told in dual perspective too, which I really think added to the story. I don't want to say anything else about it because I don't want to give anything away. This book is definitely a book that you just need to experience. I loved it so much. I loved both of our main characters for very different reasons because they're very, very different people. And uh, I love New England. I love those old houses and the museums and houses like in Salem, um, the House of Seven Gables, the Witch's House. Like I love that stuff. So that would be a dream job for me too, I think. Just like being in there, organizing all of their artifacts. Oh, I love it. Anyways, it's amazing. And it's just, it's so richly woven and it's not very long. Like the pacing is amazing. It's quick. And yeah, it's just an incredibly powerful story. So how I would read it is, as far as sight goes, it'd have to be a perfect fall day. A little overcast, the leaves bright orange and red, kind of right on the cusp of of evenings, like that golden hour, you know, when everything is just painted in that like golden sunlight and a nice like candle beside you if you're inside. Um, You don't want to light a candle beside dry leaves just putting that out there uh so for it's funny that you mentioned I don't think that there's a candle that smells like damp earth let me tell you there is and it's actually on my list for what to burn so once again which city wicks pulls through this is not sponsored by the way I'm just obsessed with them but we will well accept sponsorship we will uh so it's called the holy ground candle um from which city wicks and it's perfect and I'll just read the little scent description from the website because it's going to be better than what I can describe. The scent of freshly dug wet dirt mingles with antique sandalwood. Imagine you're standing in the oldest burial ground, taking in the crisp air as the autumn leaves rustle around your feet. And it is perfect. It's not too strong. 
And it, I, I just, if you have the opportunity to either visit or order them, cause they sell them in like small, like travel tins too. It smells exactly like damp earth. I think I need to take our advice that we're giving here for all of my, re- I think I need to start doing this, setting up the perfect scene to read a book with I, some candles. I need to place an order and I need to get you a couple of them to try. <laughs> so as far as sound goes, just a nice fall. If you're not outside, just a nice fall ambience from on YouTube. There's so many to choose from for this. I always pick a different one when I'm reading, if I want something on in the background, but there is literally thousands. You could have like an outdoor cottage, an indoor cottage, just a fall type forest, like anything. Um, and then as far as taste goes, A nice cup of tea. My favorite is Stormy Night from David's Tea. It was a Halloween tea, but they have it all the time now, which is amazing. I don't tend to snack a lot when I'm reading. I usually just have a drink with me, but I love that tea. Not Orange Pico. Gross. No Orange Pico for this girl. You know, I don't really like black tea in general. I just, I don't like, and I drink my tea um, black. (laughs) I don't put sugar or milk in it. But yeah, and green tea, I'm love-hate relationship with it. I'm more of like an herbal tea kind of girl. I know some people will say that's not tea, but. I I only have green tea when it's like part of the authentic restaurant experience. Like if I've gone out for sushi or something. Otherwise, I don't ever want it. Yeah, I remember going to the British store here and I was so excited to find, I don't even remember what brand it was now. But the toast and jam tea, I'm like, that's going to be so amazing. And I had one and I'm like, what is this? There is nothing sweet or toasty or jammy about it. And you ended up liking it, didn't you? I love it. It tastes so much like steeped tea from Tim Hortons. Um, It just, it's, I don't know. It feels like more complex than just your standard orange pico. I'm not sure why but it's one of my favorite teas now. Thank you. I'm thinking about (laughs) buying it for my aunt Diana because she loves orange Pico and she usually does like dip her toast in with her tea. So I need to get her some for (laughs) Christmas or something, or just because. Yeah, there you go. I'm glad that you liked it. It didn't go to waste. That's okay. Yeah. And then I remember also on the topic of tea, So I love Beatrix Potter. Love it. One of my favorites. Grew up reading it. Have all of the, I'm totally getting off topic here, but I have all of the books from when I was little and Costco had this beautiful large metal tin. It's like round and tall and it has all of the Beatrix Potter characters on it. I loved it. I wanted it for my library. And uh, it was filled with like something silly, like 200 bags of black tea. I remember. And it's funny because I remember texting you and being like, do you want 200 bags of tea? And you're like, what do you, what? <laughs> How far through that bag are you, by the way? I haven't cracked it open yet. <laughs> I was going to be like, I'm still working through the other ones. You think. Um, if you're wondering, I have a lot of black teas now, uh, which I'm very appreciative of. I don't have to go shopping for tea for a while. Oh my goodness. I just, who's going to like 200, that's an aggressive amount, like 200. I was like, why did it need 200 bags of tea? They drink a lot of the tea in the UK though. 
I think a lot more. So for them, they're like, oh, yes, go through that. Have a few people over here and there for for some tea. I don't know. I don't have people over for tea. (laughs) Yeah. So then going to the um, like touch, I think just a nice blanket outside where you can see all the leaves changing. You can kind of feel that crunch when you're walking, you know, that crunchy fall leaves. Oh, I can't wait for fall. I am not a summer baby. Anyone who knows me knows I do not thrive in summer. Summer is your prep time for fall. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to admit something. I may have already bought the first Christmas present of the year. Oh God. I always get so much anxiety when you're, (laughs) I've already started shopping. (laughs) Although like Paisley has been telling Chris and I, all of the Christmas presents she wants all throughout summer. So she's in the same headspace you are. She's like looking ahead, you know, it's like right? she's a fall birthday too. She's like, for my birthday, I would like a robot and one of those unicorn that poop slime, which whoever created these slime toys. Is it really it was- messy? Well, it's slime. <laughs> Yes. But remember, to be fair, I think it's like our compared to our generation, like those really toxic smelling, like, remember, you'd make those the creepy crawlies. Yeah, the creepy crawlies where you're like, this is questionable, and it smells bad. So I think it's just payback for us putting our parents through creepy crawlies. I can still get that smell. Can you imagine the smell right now? Yes, I loved it. I had an easy bake oven and the creepy crawly machine. Now, listen, I don't know how good of an idea it was to just like leave me to my own devices with something that gets that hot, but I would make those little cakes and those creepy little rubbery bugs. Oh my goodness. Yes, I loved that. (laughs) There's a lot of reasons um, why it is truly amazing that we survived unscathed um, as children because those, the smell it made you think the fumes <laughs> uh, it made us tough we're all right <laughs> i'd be like bye mom and be gone for the whole day and bike outside of the city <laughs> yeah you came home when the street lights went on that's how that's it fine. was that's we're fine. ourselves so bad right now we are so bad anybody else uh <laughs> comment on our post if you've experienced the delight that is creepy crawlies exactly So circling back to your lullaby for witches for a minute, I would recommend this novel to anyone who enjoys books about witches, New England, the history of witches, or anything with just a beautiful and haunting atmosphere and really smart and realistic characters. Also, it is a perfect fall read and will definitely give you all of the autumnal vibes. This is my first book by this author and I definitely want to go back and read her entire backlist now because I know she's got quite a few. And it was just, it was phenomenal. Blew me away. So what is your last pick? All right. So it was a recent favorite of mine, Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. So good. Set in the 1960s, main character Elizabeth Zott has been forced out of her work as a chemist at Hastings Research Institute. So sidelined now and a single mother to boot, she gets a job as a reluctant host of a cooking show, Supper at Six. And instead of failing at it, she thrives and she becomes a beloved household name. 
teaching women how chemistry is a part of all things and that making nurturing food for their loved ones is serious business. Like she wears a lab coat at every, (laughs) every episode. It's serious. She doesn't smile. She just talks directly to the women and the camera. And she really tries to explore how their contributions are so important, even though society doesn't view it that way, especially in the 1960s. I love the writing. I love the small group of friends Elizabeth surrounds herself with. She chooses them. They become her found family. And I loved every time Elizabeth spoke to the camera and said, children set the table. Your mother needs a moment to herself. Like I actually found myself getting choked up at those scenes. I'm like, yeah, I do. I do need a moment to myself. Um, (laughs) And uh, I love the overall message of the book where it's about valuing ourselves, our contributions and recommitting to your dreams. So when you're kind of finding yourself giving up taking that moment to recommit to yourself and what's important to you. Oh, it's so good. And I think for this one, we're going to go way more modern vibe than the other books I talked about. So I was thinking you need to be in a cafe, like a pretty chic, minimalistic cafe, like what you would find at the museum of modern art, where it's like a lot of floor to ceiling glass windows, a lot of natural light, but then very monochromatic, like black and white walls with select (laughs) abstract sculptures and paintings that are really colorful. And, and that's kind of where I think you should be when you read it somewhere edgy. And for music, I was listening to get in the mood for this book. I was going Joni freaking Mitchell because she was, she started in the 1960s. She's a powerhouse woman. She's independent, strong. And she was always pushing the envelope a little bit, or still is, I should say. And I think her lyrics to, especially in her album, Blue, capture the experience of womanhood, disillusionment. And there's strength and sadness there, much like the main character, Elizabeth. So in terms of smell, you know, that new car smell, that's slightly like leather. (laughs) I think if you're in a chic, like hotel cafe or or like a museum cafe, there's that kind of new, new smell. It's all very clean smelling. And because she's a chemist, I would think like it would kind of be slightly chemical. I was going to say, you say clean, (laughs) I say toxic. It's good though. Yeah. She's a chemist. So slightly that new car smell, um, that kind of expensive leather interior kind of vibe, (laughs) and coffee. I think there should definitely be the smell of coffee in the background. In terms of what you'd be tasting, I'm picturing if Elizabeth were to pick the meal you would be having, I think she'd want something that involves some different cooking techniques. So I creeped the MoMA Cafe menus. I'm like, what do they have there? And they had a porchetta panini, which is like roasted pork, pickled onions, and salsa verde. And then you would have it be like Hannibal Lecter and have like a nice Chianti or something, um, like a red wine of some sort. And in terms of feel, you're going to be on a, on a leather or vinyl seat. You have to be <laughs> think very like mid-century modern. It's going to be either a leather seat or the kind of 
um, fabric one, but like very clean lines, not tremendously comfortable. You mean like one of those, like the, the leather kind of club chairs that you see? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very much like that. And then you're going to have a hardback journal somewhere in your hand and a pen tucked into your hair between your fingers, because you have a lot of ideas and aspirations and you're write them down. So that's what you're going to be feeling. It's the vibe. Um, and I found it really hard to figure out who to recommend this book to, because I think everybody's going to take something different from it. So some people might read it because they like reading about books with women in STEM. Some people might like it because they like the feminist themes and some people might just read it because they like reading about the 1960s, <laughs> like maybe, maybe that reason, but it's just a really, really well-written story. And I just want everyone to read it pretty much. I love that. It will make it onto my TBR list eventually. It? <laughs> it is, it is, you know growing quite fast it's how are you doing with yours your tbr uh, list. Uh, uh, um well here's the thing about my tbr list what i find <laughs> happens is i buy a book and i'm super excited but then i am like oh here's all the other 10 million books i bought because i was super excited about them and then i read one of those and by the time i'm done i don't feel like reading that book i was just excited about so i always have a massive amount of TBR. I know. <laughs> Listen, we always say reading and collecting are two different things, but I will say I've been seeing a trend go around and it's kind of like a reading to zero. And I love that idea. I think it's fantastic. And I am so in awe of the people that can do it, but I just get so excited about all the new things coming out. And I just get such joy from like going to the bookstore and not even necessarily like a super popular new release, but like a new release by like a debut. Like I just get so excited and I have so meant, listen, you know what? That's one of the reasons. The other reason why I don't think I would ever be able to do it is because I have so many, I wouldn't be able to buy a book for like eight years. Yeah. You never would. <laughs> you never would. No, I, I find other people it's like shoes or their retail therapy books for me, just going in a bookstore is therapy. I don't even necessarily need to buy a book. I mean, I feel a little disappointed if I don't, not going to lie, but I do just like going and looking around at, um, I don't mind if I don't buy a book at a thrift store. If I were to intentionally go to like a new bookstore, I think I'm more disappointed if I don't buy a book that makes sense. Yeah. And like the thing it is, like, I mean, to tie it into what we were just kind of talking about with the other books, there's just something about a book that brings me comfort and just does, like you said, it's almost like a form of it because it's, it's the weight of the book. I, mm. I will read on an e-reader if I must, but I still really like a physical book, the weight of the book and the feel of the paper. And you always know the really good paper from the like yeah, not so good. Like I love like the paper and the smell of that, like the new book. smell. I'm a new book smell person, that new book smell and like the feel of the cover, you know, some are like so soft and buttery. Some are like super like slippery. I just, there's so many, oh, I love it. And between every cover to me is not only a story or a new perspective that we get to read and see, but it's memories. Because when I read a book, I read to escape. I read because mm -hmm. you know what? Life can be hard. 
and I want to escape out of my own head sometimes and I want to learn new perspectives. So I can usually think of a time in my life when I was reading that book, like it just brings it back um, into sharp focus. So it's just, it's memories between those covers as well. Um, and like you said, I do have too many books. I actually have a full, like I have my own library and uh, I need to organize it. It needs a little TLC. It needs a little TLC. I know you promised to help me with that. <laughs> oh, I'm so down. I love organizing bookshelves. Definitely. But so books to me, they each have their own soul almost. And I just, I love them so, so, so much. So yes, it is okay if we buy a little more than we're ever going to be able to read yeah. because it's better than running out. Yes. And I'm revising. I think if you are to read any of the three book picks, you need to read the 10,000 doors of January because yeah. you're going to connect with the love of books and storytelling so much. So. I feel like I got that book on audible during a sale. Like I think I have it on, on audible. Oh, it's so good. I don't know what the, um, audiobook is like. I don't know who does, if they have multiple characters or just one, oh, multiple voice actors. I mean, not multiple characters. Um, yeah, but it, it's just so good. And then that gives us time to save up for you to read Mariana because that's connected to us doing a trip. So last right. time. <laughs> oh, and speaking about senses and audible, listen, if you only listen to one book, make it impact winter. It is phenomenal. It is an audible original. It's about four hours. It's not very long. It's got a full soundtrack, sound effects, the voice acting. Listen to it with headphones if you can, because it kind of just elevates it a little bit. But it was fantastic. And I, Brent is like you. He doesn't care too much about audiobooks. Like he'll read a book, but audiobooks, he gets distracted or, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I usually listen to my audiobooks before bed. When I put this one on, I didn't sleep because I just could, I had to finish it. But he listened to it and he finished it in like, three days, which is crazy for him to finish anything that quickly because mm -hmm. he doesn't have the, he doesn't, he won't just sit and read for like mm -hmm. hours. Right. Yeah. But he annihilated that. And he's like, this is fantastic. I'm like, right. So if you want a full, like a new full, like sensory kind of experience and are looking for it's a vampire story, vampire, mm -hmm. uh, adult horror, um, so adult themes don't really listen to it probably around little kids. But like I said, listen to it with headphones because it adds like a level to it. But, oh, it's fantastic. You have to, have to, have to. I know you haven't listened to it yet. I know. I'm the worst <laughs> with audiobooks. You kind of alluded it, to it earlier. I fall asleep unless I'm actively doing something. But then the problem is then I'll be listening and the kids will come up and I'll miss a part. And then I have to rewind it. And <laughs> the cycle continues where most of the time I'm just rewinding because I missed it or I started thinking about something else. And I'm like, oh, shoot, how did I, <laughs> I just find it easy to fall asleep or get distracted? And I feel bad. This is the perfect one for you to listen to on your trip. You can run away into the woods so no one can find you and just sit on a log and listen to it. <laughs> That's going to have to be how it gets done. <laughs> I know a lot of people do audiobooks when they're commuting. And I think that yeah. would be 
where if I ever were a commuter, I think I would be able to do it then because there's nobody in there to be like, hey, hey, what about this? And interrupt my listening. Yeah. See, and I always listen to them right before bed. Like I'll put the sleep timer on for like an hour and I won't fall asleep when I'm listening to it, but my head is always so full at night. I know a lot of people have this problem. Like your head just gets so you're don't think about anything. You lay down to go to sleep and everything in the world just pops into your brain. So I just listen to it for like an hour and then I've got the story in my head so I can kind of just fall asleep. But that's how I listen to my audiobooks. And that's how I fall asleep to my audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is great. And then next thing I know, I wake up at two in the morning and it's still playing. <laughs> oh no, that's the worst thing. You got to find your spot again. Oh no. <laughs> so usually I start in the same chapter because I can't remember anything because I fell asleep four minutes into it. It's a, yeah, I don't know. One day, one day. I'm currently listening to book eight in the Sookie Stackhouse series. Uh, one of my goals, I need to, I want to finish that series by the end of the year, but the narrator, I think it's Joanna Parker. I'll double check, but she is just phenomenal. She does such a good job with those audiobooks and does all the different voices so well. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love a good audiobook. I'm picky with my narrators, but I really love um, an audiobook that's well done. So before you kind of mentioned one, what else are you currently reading and what are you looking forward to picking up soon? I am currently reading The Clackety by Laura Semp, middle grade, uh, spooky story. Um, so I'm reading that right now and then looking forward to, oh, there are so many. I really am looking forward to picking up The Science of Murder. Um, I can't remember the author Tegan do you remember it's the science of murder and it's all about um the forensic science behind the murders that take place in all of Agatha Christie's novels I'm just looking up her name right now Carla Valentine but it doesn't talk about cannibalism does it oh I don't (laughs) think so I don't think Agatha Christie had any cannibalism in her books (laughs) sorry can you imagine? Honestly, it's, it's true. It just keeps sneaking in there. Sounds super cool. It's a little bit like Mythbusters where they test out everything that's in movies and stuff. Yeah. And I haven't read all of Agatha Christie's novels yet, um, but I did see in a post, someone had asked that, like, will the book spoil uh, any of the endings? And they said, no, there's mm. no spoilers. Um as far as who did it, like obviously how the right. person died is in the book, but who did the actual crime and stuff, it doesn't spoil any of that. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to picking that one up next. I don't read as, I love nonfiction, but I don't read as much as I used to. Um, so I kind of want to get back on that. And I have a stack of memoirs that I need to, that I need to get to. So what about you? I am currently reading Notes on an Execution by Danya Kukafka. Uh, It's about a serial killer and he's on death row. He's scheduled to be executed in 12 hours. So it goes back and forth from his perspective before the execution and then the women in his life and their perspective. So it's different time points as well. So before kind of leading up to when his childhood into the present, I'm not quite at the halfway point. It's really, really well written. 
and you get quickly invested into the other women's stories. So it doesn't feel like you want to get back to his story. Doesn't feel less exciting during their parts. Really, really good so far. And next, I plan on reading The Book Eaters by Sunny Dean. And it's about a place on the Yorkshire Moors where some people eat books for food and retain all the book's contents after they eat it. I always wanted to be able to be one of those people that absorbs information really quickly, like the matrix, you know, where they just (laughs) click in and they're like, I know how to do Kung Fu. Like, I just want (laughs) to be able to do that. So for our listeners, after you have a moment to think about it, please comment on our Instagram about what you would pick for an ideal reading experience of one of your favorite novels using the five senses. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave us a review. It really helps. Also, don't forget to visit us on Instagram to continue the conversation, be notified of bonus episodes, and keep up to date with what we are currently reading. We put up new episodes every other Friday. Mm -hmm.